one of your questions which I didn't answer, which was, was there a theme across all of my clients? It was, and the way I've always described this is they had an itch that they hadn't found a way to scratch. And that itch was, am I being the best version of me? Is there a better version of me? Is there another domain or dimension that I can step into? I feel there is, but I just don't know how to do that. I think it's terribly important to insist on individual values. Learning culture podcast. Initiative, creation, all these things which we value. It's now possible to make organizations on a larger scale than was ever possible before. Learning culture podcast. Teach people to analyze the kind of things that are said to them. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Learning Culture Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Barry. This is a show about creating cultures of continuous learning inside companies. And joining me this week for part two of our conversation is David Carter. As I mentioned in part one, David became known as one of the world's top CEO mentors. In building and exiting that company, he found that character underpinned every single thing he did if he could help his ceos develop character or become certain characteristics they transformed they started to grow and i think there's a lot of interesting lessons here that we can take into our work developing managers or developing leaders within companies so this second part of the episode focuses on how david has come to make his entire life really about character and how his legacy project, which is his current company, Intelliki Academy, seeks to develop character in people. In this episode, you will learn about how character competence helps raise the whole world's competence. You'll learn what the mindset of all successful mentees is. And there's a very specific question that David shares that if you hear someone or know someone's kind of asking themselves this question, you'll know that they are ready to be mentored. And finally, we'll talk about failure and a really profound saying that his grandmother, I think, gave to him and really kind of sums up failure's role in developing character. This was a really fun conversation. We share a bunch of resources and we often refer to this character matrix that IntelliKey and David and his team have come up with. That's in the show notes if you want to check that out. But with that, please sit back, relax and enjoy part two of my conversation with David Carter. Let's start with IntelliKey. What does that name, what does that word mean? It's from Greek, right? Yes. Before I answer your question, uh, I'm okay. going to answer in a slightly roundabout way. So Jenny, okay. who I was talking about just now, yeah, who's been in coaching and therapy and education for 30 years, and we're she lives in Australia. We met when I had an office out there years ago, but we've been friends and work partners for 20 years. Mm -hmm. She's one of my best friends. And a few years ago, I said to her, I wish I could find one word that kind of said, about being the best version of yourself and actualizing mm. all of your head. I wish we could, you know, because you can't have a www become the best version of yourself and realize your full potential.com. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to roll off the tongue. <laughs> it's not going to roll off the tongue. Or, but I said, I want to find, I wish there was a word that sort of did. She said, oh, that'd be good. Wasn't it? Anyway, the next day I got a, to my desk early in the morning, and it was late at night for her time. She said, oh, I found the word, I found the word. 
So I called her and said, she told me all about it. And I said, oh my God, that's amazing. Mm. And so the joy of finding a new word that is such a beautiful concept. And I know lots of people say, oh, how do you pronounce it and how do you say it? But, you know, once you've told them once, they remember every time. But once you've yeah. told them what it really means, they never forget it because yeah. they want to be their entelechy every day. Yeah. And so Aristotle was um, the guilty man. He was mm -hmm. the one who came up with the concept of entelechy, which um, how he taught it was that the entelechy of a thing or a person is the very best version of that person with all of their potential fully actualized. Mm -hmm. And so he said that the entelechy of an acorn is an oak tree, mm. the entelechy of a cat is a butterfly, and the entelechy yeah. of Andrew Barrett, the very best version of Andrew with all of his potential fully actualized. Yeah. So about 10, 12 years ago, um, I I wrote a book called Breakthrough, which was kind mm. of a lot of the learnings on my mentoring journey. And it was all about how to become the best version of yourself. And so one of the most frequently asked questions on my book tours and speaking tours was, well, David, as the world's leading CEO mentor, <laughs> are you the best version of yourself? <laughs> Loaded uh, question. <laughs> and, and, and so... I said, yes, I absolutely am. Every yeah. day, I'm the best version of myself. And they thought, you know, that's such an arrogant conceit yeah. of things. And I said, but the only reason I can say that with any confidence is because every single day I try and be a better version of me Love that. than yesterday. And so today, you've got the best version of me so far. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, today I really try to be a better version of myself than yesterday. Still got yeah. a long way to go to get to the end. Um, yeah. And, you know, where, when do you get to the end, David? Uh, the day you die. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's, it's not like ever get there and say, oh, do you know what? I'm done now. I am my IntelliKey. Feet up, relax. It, yeah, <laughs> uh, retire IntelliKey. But no, that doesn't exist. I, I'm fascinated by that word. I'm so glad I've come across it now that I've met you. And it, it speaks so I am our company focuses on creating systems for ongoing learning, right? So I'm I am obsessed with the idea that learning is not an, an event or a time based thing. It is an ongoing process. You've never you've never done learning, you're never learned. Um and and so so uh, I'm gonna come back to that concept though. I, I wanna go back to Aristotle, because he also said that character determines destiny yeah and, that's, that's my favorite saying of the lot right and so can you speak more to that because i think there's this is the core of really what you do is is focuses a uh, focus on uh character um well two quick thoughts on that uh character determines destiny what he was saying is wherever you end up in life is a direct function of your character mm-hmm um, and that person who scored more goals than you or that person who made another million than you or that person who saved more heart transplant patients than you, whatever you, it is, it, mm. that delta is all to do with character. Yeah. And so I've always loved that. So when I played rugby at school or you know, bringing my kids up for 20 years as a single parent, you know, mm. it's like, how do I be the best version of a dad? You know, how do I be the best version of a team member in this team? 
as an entrepreneur, as a CEO, yeah. um, as just a you know human being, in a and a neighborhood guy and a community guy and a dog walker and a dog trainer and whatever, mm-hmm. and so it will determine my destiny. Now, what I want to flip over to is uh, we could have a whole another conversation, which we're not going to, about the state of the world today. Yeah. And um, whether it's, you know, the whole lockdown COVID thing we've all been put through and all of the mental health issues Uh and business challenges. Um, I think you're in California, I'm in the UK. You know, we've got record high interest rates now. We've Uh got, you know, record high inflation, food inflation's 18% in this country now. People are openly talking about I can afford to heat my home or eat tonight, but I can't mm. do both. Yeah. When the war in Ukraine and you know Putin rattling his nuclear bombs and and I think after the last three or four years, the world is exhausted. Mm-hmm. And we've all heard stories of friends and colleagues who during the course of lockdown did an existential audit on their life and they decided I'm never going back to the office and commuting. I'm actually going to get a less pressure job or work from home, whatever. Work on my own. We all know that, you know, whenever you do a Myers-Briggs test or a Belbin test or any of those stupid personality (laughs) profiles, um, that there's a little, you know, rider or caveat at the bottom, which says, uh, However, this is how you're likely to behave when you're not under stress. Yeah, which is when exactly? Um, right. <laughs> so, so how do I show up when I'm under stress? Oh, sorry, you know we don't cover that in our report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I genuinely believe that the average person in any country in the world is under more mental, emotional, physical, spiritual stress than they've ever been under Uh in their lives. And so how do we solve the problems of the world? Uh And I have two short, quick answers that one is we have to raise the world's consciousness. Uh And how do we do that? We do it by raising their character competence Uh and you know, in in our fifty four character quality kaleidoscope, you know, how how do I become more analytical? You know, how do I become more open minded? How do I become more curious? Mm-hmm. You know, all my friends keep telling me, "Well, don't watch the BBC because they only ever put one side of the story and the government narrative through. There's never anyone who opposes that. So go and have a look at this website because they actually show you." the opposing point of view mm-hmm. is like, where's the show I can go to where I can hear a debate and hear both sides. Oh no, no, right. no, no one's got, this. doesn't exist. Yeah. And so how do we get people, you know, there's lots of, you familiar with Matthias Desmet's work? No. Okay. He's, he's a very clever man. He's a professor from Belgium and, you know, mm-hmm. his original research, it was, how how could you know tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of 
ordinary, decent German people who'd never done a nasty thing in their lives get enrolled with the Nazis and the concentration camps. And, you know, how could they have gone along with that? And, you know, how basically people want to listen to a narrative from people in authority and be told, and even they think, it doesn't make any sense to leave Europe or stay in Europe or whatever, you know, if that's what the government says we should do, I'll go along with it. Yeah, yeah. And so I think people are also fearful even more now because they don't know who to trust and they almost don't trust anybody. So I very sadly in the last two or three years lost two really special to me and important friendships Mm. because I refused to get vaccinated. Mm. And, you know, I had my own religious grounds, spiritual grounds, medical didn't really matter what they are. Right. But because I wouldn't follow the government narrative, and I was a heretic. Mm. But I know an awful lot of people have said to me, oh, I wish I'd been brave like you. I didn't believe in them in the first place, but I went along with it. And now my auntie's died of a sudden heart attack. My nephew fell over on a sports field, you know, playing soccer or whatever. Mm. And it's like, how can we get everybody to wake up and and talk to each other more and collaborate more Mm. to solve these problems and discussing them? Well, it's only through dialing up a number of our core character qualities. Mm. And raising the world's consciousness through that process, yeah. So through raising individual consciousness, right, right. So there's a, a you meant you say the waking up. A, that's a, a term that's used quite a lot these days as well to to describe this process of of almost like self reliance, right? Stepping into self reliance to realize like you can actually choose your own destiny and you can question everything. And you know you, that there's. And also really that there's no right or wrong to things, that there's there's a lot of gray in, in accepting that. And um, I, I just think a lot of that speaks to the characters that you've chosen and and, and, and categorized. I, I don't think you, I don't think chosen is even the right word. I think those character traits became clear to you. They presented themselves through your work, right? They, they are almost eternally true. If one of our character qualities is being self-aware and one of our character qualities is being accountable... Yeah, it's like, how can you be accountable if you don't think you have control or agency over your own destiny? If you're not accountable and have agency over your own destiny, everything that ever happens in your life is someone else's fault or someone exactly. else's success. Exactly. And it's happening to you as opposed to you having uh, yeah. ownership over it. And, yeah. and so I, I would start off, I often start off conversations with younger people about what does accountable mean? Mm. How does that go? Um, um oh, I think well, I, 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 I was I was going to say something which might have made me sound big-headed, but I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I think because I I bought my two children up on my own from when they were seven and three, mm-hmm. and um, the theme amongst the three of us was. Oh my God, Dad! You haven't got a clue what you're doing. And I used to say, look, no one gave me a book or a DVD to read. Yeah. You know, I'm making no, it up as I go. No one and, does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and they used to say, oh, no other parents make us do this. You're so embarrassing. <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time I'd be called embarrassing, I've got to retire a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, 
And but the point was, I was accountable in my own head and my own heart for yeah. doing the best job for my children. You know, whatever time of day or night that meant getting up to take care of them, look after them, or whatever. You know, it was yeah. that accountability. I couldn't say, "Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll outsource this or delegate." Yeah, yeah. It. right, exactly. Uh, well, but actually, that's what I could have done. Yeah, I had a choice. Yeah. But the point is, I exercised the choice to be accountable for that role. Mm. And so even with young people, when you start to, you know, you can tell them silly stories like the one I've just told you. And they go, so what would you, what would you have done in that situation? Mm-hmm. And most of them say, oh, well, I'd like to think I would have looked after the kids. But, but some of them say, oh, no, bugger that. I would have given them to my granny to look after or, yeah. you know, yeah. my mum and dad. You know, I've got my own life to get on with. Right. But then you realize what you're dealing with. And going back to the conversation, right, you know, mentoring and men being mentored isn't for everybody. Yeah. But I think one of your questions, which I didn't answer, which was, was there a theme across all of my clients? Yeah. It was, and the way I've always described this is they had an itch. Yeah. That they hadn't found a way to scratch. And that itch was, Am I being the best version of me? Is there a better version of me? Is there another domain or dimension that I can step into? I feel there is, but I just don't know how to do that. Yeah. I I want to. I, so I want one last question, but I, I kind of want to shoehorn another one in because I want to. I want to bring this to a close with a different line of questioning. We'll follow on from this, but just I just have to follow up on that. Am I being the? You know that that state of mind of am i being the best version of me did you find i mean i think you you stated this it's not true wasn't true for everyone not everyone had that state of mind do you did you find that there were ways to motivate or ignite or activate that state of mind in people so i don't remember off the top of my head the exact numbers but you know for every three clients who wanted to work with us we only took on one because we didn't think they had did have the right mindset mm-hmm but I can tell you several stories about people who, when we turned them down, we said, you're not ready for this yet. Yeah. They go, what? You know, how cheeky of you. Yeah. And I said, well, come back in a year's time if you think you're ready and tell me why you're now ready and because here's why I don't think you're ready. But I was brutal with them. Yeah. You know, I, 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 did, I, I put the fear of God into them. You know, so I wasn't nice to, I was of course respectful to them but I was like you're yeah. not ready because of this and this and this mm-hmm. and um, so you know one one guy said well I'm not doing a 360 I said well then you're not ready for mentoring you're yeah. not ready for and so I was pretty brutal with them but you know over the years half a dozen of them came back and said that that conversation a year ago two years ago or one seven years ago yeah <laughs> um has, has haunted me ever since and I want to come back and I want to work with you and I'm yeah. ready for it now. Yeah, so you planted a seed in a lot of them, which is great. Yeah, and so, and I'm sorry, but, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not so spiritual that I think that everybody in the world can benefit from what I do or what I say. It's only those who are ready to listen or ready to act. Mm. Um, and it sounds, as, but you know, I can only, if you like, work with one person at a time with yeah. intelligence 
academy helps me to work with millions of people at once. And it's all about giving the learner agency over their own learning. Yeah. But we need to have a cattle prod sometimes at the beginning of the journey to yeah. get them to head off in the right direction. Yeah. Um, and it's about saying, well, we can't help everybody. So if some people, even if it's paid for by their work, but they don't engage, you know, we can't go and stick an electric probe up their backside and make yeah. them engage. Right. Um, however, to answer your question, because I think that people live in fear, if you talk to the fear, mm. they'll actually engage with you. Well, what's going to happen if you don't do this? You know, yeah. well, I might lose, lose my spouse. And what would happen then? Oh, well, that would be terrible. I'd lose contact with the children. What would have happened? I might yeah. lose my job. I might lose my sanity. It's like, so yeah. at what point is that elastic band going to snap with right. you that you've got to do something about it and yeah. be accountable for it? Yeah. And and so it's like if you don't work with me or us or anybody else, that's your choice. You have yeah. to choose to do it. Um, And it's a bit like, uh, I can't remember the name of the film, but it, I remember watching it years ago with my son. And it was about a guy who took a friend to Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh-huh. And he, for seven or eight meetings and events and felt he was cured. And, and and he said to him, why, why do you keep coming to all these meetings? He said, oh, I enjoy coming to them. He said, well, when do you stop going to them? He said, well, I don't know, when you get fed up with them. Mm. Um, and he said, well, what makes you come time and again after you feel you've already been healed? And he said, it's you only keep coming when you know you want to come because it's helping you. Mm. And it might be that the first half a dozen sessions his friend needed to drag him there because his friend loved him and cared about him. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if you don't want to be here, go. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. if you don't know why you're here, but you're still going to stay on, just hold on to that. Yeah. Because there's some intuitive part who says, I don't know why I'm here, but I think I'd better be here than not here. Yeah. It'll come to you eventually. Yeah. Yeah, and to your point, so people have to recognize the the need for change, the potential for change, all of, all of that to be able to be successful as a desire. Mentee. The desire, exactly. Okay, so David, I've last question for you, and I mean this could potentially go take it in whatever direction you want, but I want to I want to talk about IntelliKey and how you're now taking what you do to millions of people potentially. Um, and I want to do that maybe through this question. So I, I want to know from you in your experience, the difference between learning something and becoming something, the difference between learning and becoming. That's a good question. No one's ever asked me that before. Um, so, um, we could have a, a long, long conversation about <laughs> defining what is learning. Right. Um, and so let me answer that my way. You know, at school, I was given lots of knowledge, uh-huh. um, which I was taught. And as long as I could remember it, write it down in the right way in an exam, I passed the exam. Uh-huh. And that was all that school wanted me to achieve. The minute I walked out of school and went out into life, I have never been asked about how slowly a gla- glacier moves <laughs> or any, if I earn it, you know, right. and, um, 
And so I was assessed on what I was taught and the knowledge I could regurgitate and remember. Yeah. That to me is not learning, that is teaching. Mm -hmm. Learning is when uh, something happened to me when I was 11 and my mother said to me, and I said, oh, I'm a failure. And my mother said to me, no, darling, failure isn't falling down. Failure is staying down. Uh. And I was 11 years old and I thought, hmm, okay, well, if I stand up and get back on the horse and carry on, I'm not a failure. Uh. But I, I want to make sure that I've learned from that experience. So I either don't do it again, or if I end up doing it again, I don't do it as badly as I did it this time, yeah. but I, I, I don't do it again at all. Mm -hmm. And so to me, learning is when it gets into your muscle memory mm -hmm. and it becomes unconscious knowing. Yep. And in, in our simple way of describing this, and you know, there's so much rubbish and nonsense and just bullshit been written and discussed about the soft skills crisis over mm -hmm. the years mm -hmm. and to me it's really simple um and people mix them up and they, they really there's no well we've d developed after years of research a really simple framework taxonomy says, yeah well but it's a framework with a taxonomy so here's 77 mm. in demand soft skills that every employer in the country says they want to need their applicants or people to have mm. And here's the 54 character qualities that underpin them. Mm -hmm. And here's a, a mapping exercise. So to us, a character quality is only something you can be. You can be kind, be confident, be disciplined, organized, reliable, efficient, wise, strategic, visionary, creative, adaptable, resilient, humorous. You can be any of those things. Mm. But when people talk about presentation skills or time management skills, they're things you do. Mm -hmm. Or learn, right? No, no, no. They're, they're just, stop. They're just, just things, things you do. Okay, okay. So to us, it's about being skills and doing skills. Mm. Okay. And for me, when I have learned something, I don't need to be taught it again. It, it's in my... It's in my toolkit. It's in my muscle memory. Um, and, you know, last night um, I was uh, watching the football we were talking about before. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. And I went to put a log on the fire and, um, and I instinctively intuitively knew that if I was going to put the log on the fire where I could see it would best fit, I was going to burn my finger. You know, I'm 64 years old and I still thought I was Superman and if I did it uh -huh. quick enough, I wouldn't get burned, of course. So I still haven't learned all those years later <laughs> not to do such stupid things and, and I haven't learned in something as simple as that to not follow my gut instincts and my intuition, which knew already what was going to happen. Mm. So I'm hopeless. I'm not. I'm not a lifelong learner, in that sense. Yeah. But I think that um, 
I remember when I was about 12 or 13, I had two two younger sisters, and my mum said to me, oh, you really need to learn to be more gentlemanly. And I said, oh, how do I do that? And he said, well, go and ask your father, because he's very gentle. So anyway, I asked my dad, um, and he didn't say these words, but he basically said, well, fake it till you make it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, like open the door for a lady, helps a lady with a pram at the station or getting on and off the bus or whatever. And just look around, look at all these things you can do now yeah. to be gentlemanly. And I loved the fact that, you know, in my village, you know, the mums and the grannies would say to my mum at the shops, oh, you're David, he's such a gentleman. He helped me yeah. cross the road, I was shopping to the... And now, all those years later, I don't ever consciously, I just see a situation, go and do it. And so now I yeah. feel I've learned because it's in my muscle memory. Yeah. And to go back to the original question, right? The difference between learning and becoming that example of your dad is, I think, a perfect one because you learn it by doing the things you're told to do, open the door, help people cross the road. But then over time, you realize it's really about empathy, compassion, actually caring about the other person, like the, the real essence of it. You've become it. You become a gentleman. Right. So um, I, I guess... You've helped me answer my question, your, your question better. I think what I said was that it's when it becomes in your muscle memory, that's yes. when you become it. Yeah. And the learning is the trial and error to get there. But when you don't consciously think about it anymore and you just are gentlemanly and then do those various things, that's yeah. when you become it. Yeah. 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 Uh, and and so maybe as a final question, this could be a yes, no answer, but does that, what we just described there, is that the mission of the academy that you've built? The mission of the academy is to become the world's leading thought leaders in the development of character. That's kind of our mission. Yeah. And um, whether it's introducing people to the concept of character and how the development of character can benefit people or to helping people get on a learning journey and work towards developing a character quality and experiencing the joy of, you know, a week later go, oh my God, you never guess what's happened to me. This has happened to this happened. To... It's like, well, why it wasn't like this before? And they all said, this is so simple. Mm. And it's just, you know, <laughs> And, and and I think the point is we break it down into 54, and we say one at a time. Mm -hmm. So which of these 54 character qualities would your wife appreciate the most or your kids appreciate the most or your boss or your secretary if you just worked on this one character quality this week? Oh, my wife would like it if I was kind. Okay, well, what are you going to do? I don't, I don't know, but I'm just going to be rich. Anyway, oh, this was Mike, our head of sales. Mm -hmm. uh, after a week, he said, Oh my God, my wife wants to know what drugs I'm taking now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I've taken out the garbage. I've taken out the dog for a walk. I've got the shopping out the back of the car. I've said, thank you for supper and breakfast. And, and she's like, what drugs are they giving you at this new company? He said, I'm just trying to be more kind. He said, well, yeah. keep it up. It's working for me. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's what I love about what you've, you've built with the the app and the academy. Is this is an in, intention behind this as well, right? He set out an intention to be kind. He then went and practiced actionable things. And 
assuming he also reflected on that and he's got feedback from his wife on it and eventually he's just going to be kind because exactly yeah and then he's like how could i walk past the garbage can ever again and not think of taking it out right exactly how how could i see the dog by the front door wanted to go out and later night not take her out whatever and it's and so he's become kind yeah and then he's like yeah well that won't work what's the next one i'm going to work on yeah it's beautiful. David, thank you so much for taking us through that journey and for I just for everything you bring to the world. I think that this emphasis on character is so important because it's fundamental. It's actually quite simple. You know, simple to understand, obviously uh difficult, more difficult to do, but you breaking that down as well. You're breaking down that process from learning to becoming. So um, I really enjoyed this conversation. I want to thank you for your for your time in, in doing this. And I want to give you the last chance to to share final words. This could be, uh, you know, recommendations, tips for people to think about, um, parting thoughts, or even just ways to contact you and get in touch. The best way to contact me is um, through LinkedIn. Awesome. Um, and if people just look up David C.M. Carter, um, there's only one David C.M. Carter on LinkedIn and so you'll come and find me um, or if people look um, up IntelliKey Academy at LinkedIn that's we post all of our newsletters and updates so it would be good if people could follow us there and you know my final thought is apart from thank you very much for uh, some great questions and a, a lovely conversation is going back to that itch If any of your listeners are thinking, you know, I could be a better spouse, I could be a better dad, I could be a better boss, I could be a a better football coach for my under seven-year-olds or whatever Mm -hmm. the hell it is, or I could just be a better version of me on my own. Yeah. I just say to people, well, just try one thing for a day. And if it doesn't work, give up and go back to the way you were before. Yeah. And they're like, what's the one thing? I said, I don't know. Let's choose. You know, here's uh, my pack of cards. Let's choose one of the character qualities. Uh Okay, well, why do you want to work on that one? What would the benefits be? Who are you going to try it out on? And and I just say to them, you've only got to make one commitment. Yeah. That's it. One commitment. Okay, what's that? I'll do it an hour a day? No. I'll do it 10 times a day? No. That tomorrow morning at nine o'clock, you'll phone me and tell me what happened. Yeah, accountability. And by the way, nothing happened. It goes back to my favorite word, accountability. Yeah. <laughs> if nothing happened, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. I'll, I'll never ask you ever again. Yeah. And like, what have you got to lose? Yeah. No, nothing. Okay, well, let's speak tomorrow at nine o'clock. And literally the next day, they're like, you know, I only did three things differently yesterday, this and this and this. This is so obvious. Why is no one ever? Why weren't we taught this at school? Why weren't we taught uh-huh. at a college? We taught at a university. Why isn't everybody taught this? Uh-huh. It's like watch this space because Intelligent Academy is going to get there eventually. <laughs> we won't stop before we get to global domination. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I will be cheering on from, from the sidelines for sure. I think this is a very noble and, and uh, important pursuit. So, yeah, once again, David, thank you so much for your time. This was a lot of lot of fun. Thank you. I just wanted to add one little thing on. Please. So 
At the moment, we're focused on enterprises and helping them become companies of character. And we've got a plan later on this year to go to university students and CPD professionals. Um, but we um, have a, agreed to donate 1% of our revenues, not our profits, our revenues, to a charity called the Association for Character Education that teaches this to primary school teachers and pupils. Mm. Because if we can help them over the years get into tens of thousands of schools, we'll be creating young people of character from the age of four onwards. Yes. So when they get to leave school or leave college. And so this is a long-term plan. You know, it's a long-term vision, and that's why I call it my legacy project. So hopefully yeah. we'll get it done before I, before I kick <laughs> in the bucket. Um, but... You know, the more people can start talking about character, how can I develop my own character? How can we become a company of character or a community of character or a country of character or whatever? Yeah. The more and more momentum it's going to get, but the journey starts with individuals doing a little bit every day mm -hmm. to develop. So bless you. Thank you very much indeed for inviting me on to show. You enjoyed the conversation, and uh, I wish you a very happy, healthy and successful 2023. Same to you, David. Thank you so much. Take care. Hello, hello. I hope you enjoyed that episode. It's Andrew again with a quick message. If you'd like to support the show, the best way to do that is to leave us ratings and reviews where you listened. If you're on YouTube, hit the like and subscribe buttons and feel free to leave a comment. We love hearing from our listeners and viewers. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please take the time to give us a rating and leave a review. Once again, we love hearing from our loyal listeners. If you're listening to this on Spotify, please hit the follow button to make sure that you don't miss new episodes as they come out. See you next week for another episode of the Learning Culture Podcast. Thank you for listening.